Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. When it comes to preschool or pre-K, these early years lay the foundation for a lifetime of learning. It can be daunting determining when you should start formal education or what methods you should use, though. But here at Sunlight, we gently introduce learning to kids through literature and Montessori activities, which make homeschooling fun. I'm Sunny, Sunlight's community manager and a Sunlight mom of two children who have been educated since preschool with Sunlight. And I'm being joined today by Jen and Emmy. Ladies, let's start with some introductions before we dive in. Jen, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Hi, I'm Jen. Um, I am the homeschool mom of four kids who have always used Sunlight. I have two graduates and one in high school and one in middle school. Um, so we're a little bit beyond the preschool years, but I remember them fondly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. And Emmy, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, my name is Emmy. I've been homeschooling for 12 years. I have three girls. Um, my oldest is just about finished with her second year of college and has done real well. Um, and then my younger two are still being homeschooled. They're 17 and 13 and um, have just been, I've been homeschooling. And prior to then, I was a Montessori teacher for about seven years. Perfect. Well, let's talk about Sunlight's preschool and pre-K. When should you start a program like that? Or how do you know your child might be ready to start kind of that early learning or school process? Well, you know, the Sunlight program, uh, the preschool program is recommended for ages three to four. And then the pre-K program is recommended for ages four to five. But there's definitely some flexibility there. Um, I'd say that um, it kind of depends a little bit on where your child is at in their developmental skills, emotionally, um, and as well as tactile, as, and, you know, including pre-reading, pre-writing, and math, um, kind of taking all of that into consideration when you're choosing one of the programs. Um, let's say you have a child that is uh, right at four years old, and you don't know if you should go to the preschool level or go up to the pre-K program. Well, then consider, you know, ask yourself, does my child know their lowercase letters? Do they know all of their sounds? Do they know numbers one through 10? Not just to be able to count it out loud, but to understand the quantities and the recognition of the numerals. Um, is their pincher grip, you know, pretty good so that they can write and trace letters and numbers pretty well? Um, are they, you know, learning how to be independent with their tasks? Um, if the answer to that is no, um, then consider the preschool program. That program is going to really strengthen a lot of those skills and activities. Uh, I'm sorry, those skills and um, abilities and, um, and really hone those things so that they feel more prepared for what's to come in the pre-K program. Um, the pre-K program, on the other hand, um, is going to have a lot of what the preschool program has but it's gonna take it to a, uh, another level. And so if your child hasn't mastered those skills, then um, maybe consider doing the preschool program if they already have those skills under their belt and they're ready to move forward, then 
move on to the pre-K program, that's going to focus more on capital letters, numbers 1 through 30 versus 1 through 10, um, with a special emphasis on the teens. And, um, and it's going to continue with some of the developmental activities for pre-reading, pre-writing, and math, um, but at a higher, a little bit of a higher level. Um, so, you know, you can't, you really can't go wrong because even if you, even if your child was ready for something more, but you went down to the preschool level, um, there's lots of room for repetition and lots of room for reinforcement of fundamental skills in the preschool level. That never hurts to reinforce those skills. Um, and if you go up and you find like it's too hard in the pre-K program, well, you can pare it down and just stick with the reading or maybe borrow some of the ideas from the preschool program, um, maybe get the IG and some of the activities that go with that program and work on those and then move into the pre-K activities when ready. So um, that's my little spiel. <laughs> Jen? Yeah, that's great. You gave us so much information. Jen, what do you think? When did, did you start your kids? Um, so I started when they were ready. Um, I am old enough that Sunlight didn't even have um, these, you know, preschool um, choices when my kids were little. I And I started at different ages with all of them based on what they were doing. Like Emmy said, now I'm feeling like I was a really good mom because I did exactly what Emmy just said. Um, I waited until they were like picking up a pencil and fake writing or, you know, mom, what does this say? What is this B? Because B says B, you know, whatever. Um, I waited until they were asking for more. And when they were asking for more, transitioning into doing more was very, very easy. Um, when I tried to do things before they were ready, it always seems like it was a fight. And the last thing I want is to have something to fight with a four-year-old about. So as soon as it was too much pressure or too difficult, I tend to just put it down. Let's go to the park. Let's jump over some stuff and empty the dishwasher and and make cookies and like we'll hit that again another day so but like with one she was three and a half and really interested in reading and one was like seven and i was like we have to do something now um they were all a little bit different i will say i read to my kids every single day of their lives from birth so transitioning into sunlight was breeze yeah, that definitely would make it a lot easier if they're already used to listening to stories. I was kind of the opposite of that, where my daughter at three years old, I was like, okay, you're ready for preschool. Let's do this. And she was my firstborn, my only child at that point. And so she was ready and very easy to teach. But then my son came along. He's five years younger than his sister, totally different personality. He's a boy. So of course, boys and girls are very different. And I tried to even read to him at three years old and he was off the walls and I don't want to do this and screaming. And like you said, Jen, the whole, you don't want to fight with a four-year-old or find a reason to fight with a four-year-old. So I realized he is not ready. And so we held off before we came back to formal school. And like you said, just read stories. We didn't try to do any preschool or pre-K activities quite yet until he was much older. Um, so what are some of the, the differences between like a structured approach? Because I know that was the way my mind was working and I wanted a very structured 
preschool um, versus a more play-based approach? And is there one or the other that's better for a student? I mean, I think as both are, are very valuable. Um, I mean, play-based learning is the way to go for getting little ones to practice their skills and learn new skills and try new things. Um, I mean, that's always worked in my house. If we can make a game of it or make it fun or it's something they thought up, it was going to be successful. Um, structured learning, I mean, that's where the personalities of the mom and the kids and the kids are different. And so like working out how much structure do we need? I mean, on one hand, a day with no structure is a pretty hard day in my house, but too much structure like isn't fun enough when my kids were little, they wanted lots of time to go play and just make stuff up and color and rearrange things. And um, so I tried to you know, go lots of that, but like there had to be some structure. And as, when once you have older kids, did you guys have this too? That once you have a little one and older kids, like they want the structure because they want to sit down at the big table with a real pencil and do real school, just like sister. And so like, I didn't see that coming because the first time, you know, I was like, let's go. And then the next ones, like I have a picture of my, of one of my one-year-olds sitting at the big table. He can barely see like over the table, but he's sitting next to his like 12 year old sister and he is doing school. So both is my answer. Play and structure. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, one of the difference, uh, differences, though, might be the goals, like play-based learning tends to have no specific goal or agenda other than, um, but there's some indirect things that happen as a result. I mean, there's just some natural things that are so imperative for kids to learn. The socialization, um, learning how to communicate with other people if you're in a game or, you know, something like that. Um, if you're on the playground, learning how to practice your good manner, saying thank you, or um, I'm sorry I bumped into you, or um, do you need help on the slide, or whatever it is. Um, they're learning to take initiative, you know, ex you know, just embracing their curiosities and, and exploring um, play-based learning. You can go on nature walks that are, you know, totally just free. There's no, no particular agenda. You're just looking and exploring and identifying um, different things. And so it's, it's hugely important, I think, for kids, I think, and the greatest thing about play-based learning is that you don't have to pay for very much. I mean, it's mostly free. Um, you're just, you know, if, if anything, it's just the time that it takes to, to engage your child on that level. Um, they're also exercising their large motor skills, they're running and jumping and swinging and, you know, swimming and, and whatever else you might be doing. And that's really important for their physical bodies. And also, I don't know if your kids are like mine, but if they didn't do that, they would get all pent up and, you know, have all this excess, maybe negative energy, you know? And so it's like, we gotta get out and we gotta, even if it's a rainy day or if it's a really cold day and it's icky, We'll, I'll chase them around the house, you know, and I'll, I'll do something to get all of our, our, um, you know, our circulation going and, and just get everybody kind of moving. Um, and so, you know, that's really important for kids. I think structure-based learning is definitely more goal-oriented. You have a, a specific end goal in mind. You're trying to achieve a certain skill or develop a certain um, skill set. And so it's, it's, 
you know, definitely like Jen was saying, there's more structure involved. There's more, um, you know, there's more of a beginning, middle and end to your activities. And I think that that's hugely important too. Um, in my house, like you said, Sunny, and I, you said as well, Jen, like I can't function without structure. <laughs> I, I admire people who can't. You know, I sometimes I wish I could be more unstructured, um, you know, and just be like, you know, we do whatever, you know, but I, I need structure. And, and having been in the classroom for seven years, I realized like my, our kids always did best with some form of structure, not, not too much structure, um, but definitely some form of structure so that you had freedom, but there was some consistent limits and boundaries in place. Um, I feel like that's probably the best of both worlds, you know, like Jenny was saying, like just having um, that the play and then having the structure in place, structure with with uh, freedom, that is, I would say, so that, you know, you're not like sit at your desk for, you know, five hours and you know, finish this, but you're just like, let's do your work or, or you can ask them, what would you like to start with first today? You know, what is your favorite book that you want to start with if you have that freedom? Um, or which activity did you want to do today? Um, maybe they're tracing letters and maybe they don't like that letter or they're not good at it and they want to choose the letter that their name starts with. Well, start with that one. It may not be in the schedule that way, but just do whatever works and flows best with your family. Um, you know, so really it is a, a kind of like a coalescence of both, um, both worlds, I would say. Yeah, so how is sunlight the best of both worlds? And how does it make it easy, maybe for a parent who's never taught before, never homeschooled before, to incorporate both that structure and that play? Well, in those little years, um, on one hand, there is the structure of the instructor's guide, all the supplies, all the books. Like you can sit down and do this every day not only to meet all those goals that Emmy was talking about, but also to set the expectation that sometimes we're going to sit down and pay attention and do the same. Um, and so on one hand, the structure is all there. It shows up in the box, tells you what to do, you know exactly how long this is gonna take, what we're gonna need, like it's all there. And for those of us who thrive on structure, that's really good. But also the so many of the activities are play based, are discovery based. Is that the right word? Yeah. Just but all of those things that are like, let's try this, let's see what happens. You know, or can you, you know, draw whatever in the rice or you know, all of those things that, that support the developmental skills and the, you know, the fine motor skills and the gross motor skills and all of that, that's going to set them up to keep going and go more in depth in those future years. So, I mean, for me, I'm really impressed with the sunlight preschool and pre-K because like I said, we played, I read to my kids, I started when they asked for things and I feel like sunlight has boxed that. Yeah, I agree. I Definitely agree with that. And I, I feel like, like what Jen said, you know, the structure comes from the curriculum. It comes from the IG that has your schedule for 30 weeks for pre preschool or 36 weeks for the pre-K. It comes with the main materials that you need um, throughout the school years. And so that gives you your general structure, but like, you know, it, it's, 
it is only about 15 minutes to an hour and a half a day for the preschool that's three days a week and pre-k that's four days a week that like you know if you have a 12-hour day for your child let's say or whatever it is you know however however much your child sleeps um that gives you a lot of time to focus on other things and to kind of like take it in a different direction um look for movies field trips museums you know do fun things in between um, on top of that, there are a lot of optional activities that have been scheduled into both the preschool and the pre-K IGs that are excellent suggestions. Um, they're optional so that you don't get overwhelmed as a mom, because we all don't like feeling overwhelmed with too many things on our lists. Um, but it's there for you in case you do have the time and the freedom and you want suggestions. Um, those are all built into the IG as well. And those are definitely more play-based um, ideas to incorporate into your day. Yeah, I love that. And I love what you said, Jen, about it's like sunlight has boxed it. That for me is more of an uptight type A parent was so helpful, I thought, because I did not know anything about homeschooling before I started. And so to have the IG that told me, you know, what to do or what to read or, you know, like you said, Emmy, those optional activities. So if your child wants more and you have time, you can do them, but it takes the pressure off of, oh, we didn't get to this activity that was in here or, oh, my child won't do it or doesn't like it or, or whatever it may be. And so, yeah, I think that is, is so helpful to both help you as the parent, but also your kids have fun and the, the shorter attention spans work well with a 15 to 30 minute activity yeah. as opposed to <laughs> having to sit longer. So you kind of told us a little bit as far as like the 36 weeks versus the 30 weeks, but what types of activities can you expect to do with your kids if you're doing the preschool or the pre-K program for somebody that's brand new and doesn't really know what all's included, what, what types of things will you be doing with either of those? Well, for the preschool program, you're going to have, um, you're going to have sensory letters and numbers um, to, to kind of get your child used to the shape, tracing the shape of the sensory letters and numbers. Um, in preschool, like I said, it's lowercase. In pre-K, it's uppercase. Um, in preschool, it's zero to 10. In pre-K, it's focused on 11 through 30, but there's some review of one through 10 at the beginning of the year. Um, there's also pre-writing exercises. So there's a set of 10 geometric shapes that have that are insets within a frame and so your child will first learn how to trace the shape of the frame within a clipboard like you know secured with a clipboard over paper and then once they get the hang of that then they will later move on to tracing the actual inset itself um, you know by holding it from the knob and so it just requires more dexterity and it just really refines that pincher grip and their ability to um, hold a, a marker or a pencil or a crayon or whatever it is that they're using. Um, and then there's a lot of other fine motor coordination things. There's cutting with scissors, there's um, art, a lot of art, different, you know, different art activities, um, gluing and painting and toothpick sculptures and, um, you know, leaf crayon rubbings and, you know, just a lot of neat activities that are planned out for you. Um, and of course, this is all in addition to the amazing books. And so in the preschool level, you're gonna have books that range from being wordless, like almost wordless in the Noah's Ark book to maybe a complete collection of classics. Um, I think it's the HarperCollins uh, book of classics. And then in the pre-K program, it's kind of similar. 
but you're not going to have as many, you know, wordless books, but you will have heavily illustrated books that become more books that are more words than illustrations. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of the, the difference between the two. Um, there's, there's, I'm, I'm really just kind of scratching the surface, but um, <laughs> there's a, there's more to it, but that's kind of a good overview of um, what's included. Oh, I forgot to mention the practical life. There's also a lot of practical life skills that are incorporated. So things like learning how to wash your bowl and cup um, and learning how to wash, wash their hands um, if they don't already know how to do that. Um, and then learning how to, you know, it, it gradually becomes um, cutting and peeling an orange, you know, later in the preschool year. Um, that in the pre-K program grows into, you know, cutting fruits and vegetables to make a salad or something like that, or more complex recipes or, um, you know, more complex activities with their knife. And of course, there's a safety knife so that that'll help keep your <laughs> children safe. So they're hopefully aren't any accidents. Um, but yeah, that knife is, is pretty, it's, it's a very sturdy knife, but it's not, you know, it, it's, it's super safe. It, it'd be very difficult to hurt yourself with. You can hurt yourself if you're intentional, but you know, it's, it's pretty safe to use, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And something you mentioned was the great literature and how it starts out you know, very short, lots of pictures, not a lot of words, and then, you know, grows into those longer books, which is so helpful for building attention span. Something that we'd love to do in our house too, is we leave those books out even as the kids get older, because once they start learning to read themselves, they love to come back and reread those picture books that they read when they were younger, or, you know, the ones without a lot of words are typically easier for them to read as well. So our Preschool and pre-K books are still out because my second grader loves to come back and, and reread those titles. So they are excellent books and gets yeah. kids used to, to sunlight right away. And so let's say you've got maybe a couple of kids in that toddler preschool, maybe about to start kindergarten stage. I mean, how do you determine if your child's ready for school or maybe if you want to combine some younger kids, how do you figure out what level you place them in? Can you use pre-K with a slightly older child? You know, what, what are some options there? What I've Jen, learned, want, um, go ahead. Yeah, now that my kids are older and I can look back on those decisions, um, I've learned that it's, it has always worked out better to not try to do things just as they're hitting an appropriate age. But if they like, so if it's for three and four year olds, like I would be tempted to start with my two and a half year old, but cause it's really, really fun. But like, if I waited until that kid was four, it would be more successful and they would absorb more. Mm -hmm. um, I just changed the order of something we did in two of the like upper levels of sunlight. And I wish I had gone back and done that with all my other kids. So I would say, you know, if they're, they're in the middle, like go lower, start with the lower one. Um, but I mean, every parent is different. Every family is different. Every kid is different. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I say that um, with the, with the, preschool and pre-K in particular, um, you know, you, you can kind of tell by your child's interest level. So like Sunny, you were saying that your oldest was raring to learn and, 
and, you know, find out new things and, you know, was eager. And then maybe your son needed a little bit more time. So you can kind of gauge every child is going to be a little bit different and there's nothing wrong with that. There's no judgment there. You know, it's just that every child is going to progress a little bit differently. And so just gauge how their, you know, their interest level. And also if you try something with your child, for example, let's say you're trying to get them to do tracing of the circle and they are so frustrated that it, you know, they're almost in tears that that's, you know, right there, red flag, <laughs> you know, time to put that away and come back to that later. There's no reason why, um, you know, they should have to do that right now. Um, you know, and, and focus on things that they can do, um, first. And so if they like the scissors and if they like cutting fruits and if they like doing other, you know, tracing in sand or something else, then definitely go, go with their interest levels and let them ride on that wave, you know, for as long as they want to or need to, and then come back to some other um, more advanced skills um, when they're ready for it. Um, I think that that's probably the biggest thing is just gauging their interest level and whether or not that they are happy or whether they're miserable, you know, and, and just knowing, and also yourself as a parent, is it too stressful for you to try to get your child, you know, is it a fight? Then it shouldn't really be that way. You know, it, I'm not saying that it's all, you know, going to be perfect. And, you know, that's not exactly realistic either, because most kids, you know, a lot of kids need a little encouragement, or in some cases, some, some kids need a lot of encouragement. And I'd say, even if they're, regardless if they're advanced or in the middle or a little bit slower, everybody needs encouragement. Um, and so I would just say, just provide lots of encouragement. And as a parent, you know, it's just about providing an environment for them and giving them the space to grow and to develop um, according to their needs and at their pace. And so your job is really like observation is so important here you know, just observing each child, giving each child the space to express their needs and to kind of, you know, and you're just there to facilitate, basically, not enforce, but facilitate their learning, um, especially at this age. It's really important. Yeah, I love that. I think so often you kind of panic of, oh, is my kid normal? Are they learning what they need to? And, you know, we as parents want to push them a little further or faster than they're ready for. And I, I think that's one of the beauties of homeschooling, especially, is that you really do know what your child is ready for. You can pick up on what they're learning and what they're not you know, versus if they were in school, you may or may not know quite where they were struggling or, or what's going on there. So yeah, I absolutely agree. Now let's say somebody gets going and they, they pushed a little too far or they are running into struggles now where the child no longer wants to keep going forward. What are some ways that they can kind of ease back a little bit or maybe incorporate learning in everyday things that keeps it fun and, and maybe a little less feeling like school and, and more where they're learning naturally? I would go back to something that was successful, something that they enjoyed. Little kids love repetition. We all know this already. They want to read the same book we read last night. They want to watch the same movie they picked last time. They want to wear that shirt again. And so like, as a 40 something, like we already did that. Let's move on to the next thing. But my four-year-old, you know, every one of them, mama, read me this book again. No, again, 
So if there is a struggle because it's too hard, too stressful, we're not getting it, are we ready? Go, I would absolutely go right back to something that was easy and comfortable and happy and start there. I know you've read that book. If it's a good book, you're probably gonna read it several more times uh, and just get back to that happy place and then progress again. They're little, they're going to progress. They're going to develop, but probably not on my schedule. And, you know, just like enjoying the process and not making it a struggle and having school be a happy thing got me a lot more mileage than, you know, fighting with a kid over math they were struggling to understand. Yeah. And I think um, also just like inviting them into everyday activities, I think is one way to incorporate it into your everyday tasks. So let's say you're, you're baking a pie that day, you know, and uh, let's say for a neighbor who's had a baby and you want your child to, you know, maybe they've been practicing some measurements. You know, well, obviously you don't want your pie to taste bad, but you, you know, you can help them like measure and then just check it, you know, make sure that they got the teaspoon right, you know, and, and, and they can just add it in. Or sometimes if they're not ready to do the measuring, you can measure it for them and say, you add it into the bowl. Now you mix it. And it just kind of builds from there, you know? And, and so it's just a matter of um, being very practical. It's just taking what's in your day to day you know, and teaching them, oh, you can do it. One of the mottos that we always used was, if you can do it, then you should be able to do it, you know? So, you know, there's some families, you know, that I knew when I was a kid growing up where their parents wanted to do everything for my friend, you know, like they would want to tie their shoes for them when they were five or six, you know, and which is okay. But, you know, surely I think that they could have done it maybe if you had let them, you know, or sometimes you know, and I think that I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes I want to do things for my kids and they're much older, um, like handle a situation with a teacher that they can handle themselves. They can communicate, they can speak to them themselves. And my instinct as a mama bear is to go in and, you know, do, <laughs> do something about it. And I am learning even now, like I got to pull back. I got to let them grow. I have to let them try and, and sometimes make mistakes and that's how they grow though right you know and, and giving them that freedom to do that so that they can grow and become successful adults and and learn how to communicate with people um effectively hopefully um and so it's no different from when they're preschoolers you know just giving them the chance you know i like my house to be clean but sometimes it takes a mess for them to learn how to do something you know like painting um, you know, if I really didn't want them to make a mess, I'd let them paint outside or, um, or I would do something else that was a little bit more contained, like, like the watercolor paintings. It's a little bit more, you know, you can, can keep it onto your paper at least a little bit easier. Um, you know, and you just, just find things that are easy to do at home that are really, really educational and stimulating for your children at the same time. And they, and they don't cost anything. Um, it's just stuff that you do every day that you can bring them into. Yeah, and I love what you said about that, that it's the normal everyday things. I remember when my kids were young, I read an article that was talking about chores specifically, but that, you know, you, sometimes as the parent, we don't want our kids to help with chores because they don't do a great job. But that's 
how they learn. And so when my kids were very young, we started with, okay, here's how we clean this, or here's how we do laundry. Can you gather up all of your clothes? You know, those types of activities. Um, and so it doesn't have to be, you know, true school. I don't think it, a lot of times it can be chores or you mentioned cooking, you know, one of the, the things that's been most helpful for us is once my kids got to an age where they could start making simple meals for themselves, you know, we taught them how to do that. So then I wasn't hearing, Hey, I'm hungry. Can I have, you know, something to eat all day long? They were capable of doing those things on their own. So yeah, I, I think everything you guys are saying is so helpful when they're little and everything is new. A lot of things they've never done before. So, you know, it's all new experiences for them, but a, a great opportunity to learn. Now, I know sometimes we have kids, you know, that might be like kindergarten age, but they're not quite ready for like some like kindergarten program. Um, so how can you kind of modify that pre-K program at, to use at least as their HBL and maybe you can add in their appropriate levels elsewhere to use it for a kindergartner? Well, that's, you know, um, something that's the great thing about the pre-K program is that you can add the kinder, you can choose the program itself and select the option to add kindergarten language arts and kindergarten readers um, on the website. There's those two options with the kindergarten readers and language arts and without. And if you wanted to do that and you felt like your child wanted more, let's say they want handwriting or let's say they wanted math and they're ready for that, then you can add in some other subjects as well. You can tailor and customize that package um, to match the needs of your child. Um, some parents might say, well, I don't want to buy all of that and then find out that I, know I don't need it and you know, I, I won't know what they need until I try it. You know, to that, I always uh, recommend to parents, just know that um, when you purchase the package, the preschool or the pre-K, you qualify for Sunlight Cares benefits. And one of those benefits is that you get 10% off and free shipping for up to one year from the date that you purchase. And so let's say that you try out the pre-K program for like a month or two, and you just have, let's say, just the kindergarten language arts and readers added, and you decide two months later, well, my kid really wants a math component. Um, then you can purchase a math program. At that point, you'll still get free shipping and 10% off of your curriculum. And so it's really a, it's super, um, Sunlight does an excellent job of making uh, your education opportunities, like your different options, um, very accessible. So yeah, that's, that's one way that you can maneuver. And, and then for the preschool program, you can just, um, you know, pare it down or, you know, bump it up a little bit. The activities, you can move it faster if your child is ready, or you can slow it down. It's the same with the pre-K program. You can take it at the pace of your child and do certainly never feel um, bound to the schedule that is presented in the IG. That's really just a suggestion for you. Um, and, but you can make it work whatever way um, seems right for your family. I'm a big fan of um, slowing it down when we need to, just because, you know, it looks like it should be a one-year program or it says 36 weeks. Um, if it takes you you know, 30 weeks, or if it takes you 50 weeks, yeah. that's completely fine. Um, they will develop, they will be ready, they will learn, like I said, never on my schedule, but it's gonna happen. So if you need to slow it down, if you need to read less, if you need to do less of the fine motor skills stuff, because they're just not there yet, that's fine. 
And just because they're, they want to read ahead doesn't mean they're ready to do every single thing. So, I, and I know this is really, really hard for some of us. Um, you could be on like week 12 in this and like week 18 in that. And, you know, because kids don't develop every single skill at the same stage. So um, just the instructor's guide is a guide. You know, it's the homeschool police will not come for you if it takes too long or, you know, you're on the wrong day or anything like that. So use it however is best for your family. Yeah, that is great advice. Yeah, stretch it out if you need to. There's definitely been times that we have done that. And like you said, it, it's written for 36 weeks or if it's preschool, it's written for 30 weeks. But that doesn't mean you have to do it in those 30 or 36 weeks. Um, so yeah, anytime I've found that we've gone too fast, we just kind of slow down a little bit and mark off things as we do them so we know where to pick up again when we're ready. And ladies, thank you so much for joining me today. Hopefully for those of you watching, we've given you um, some information that you need if you're considering homeschooling your younger kids or maybe adding in an older child and you're already homeschooling or a younger child and you're already homeschooling older children. Um, but as always, our Sunlight Advisors are available and eager to answer your questions. So if you are trying to figure out what to do in your home with your children, they can help you, you know, answer some of those questions and kind of determine what level or what program you need. And so you can find all their contact information at sunlight.com. Thanks, Jen. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, take care. <laughs>